Episode 41 of CritterCast Podcast. Eek. Eek. Is it 41? Did we double, triple check? No. I'm pretty sure it's 41. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Welcome to episode 41 of CritterCast. I am your co-host, Karina. I'm your co-host, Cassie. And this is a podcast all about animals. And they're weird and wacky and we love them. Absolutely. Here at CritterCast, we are not animal experts. Oh, no. Of any kind. No. We just love animals. And yep. we like to do extensive searching for goody facts. Look, some of us are a little nerdy and we enjoy researching animals a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Stop looking at us like that. And like, if you really enjoy listening to facts, weird facts about animals, we think you'll really enjoy Criticast. And if you don't enjoy weird facts about animals, okay, first of all, why did you click on this podcast? <laughs> but second of all, that's okay. Stick around anyway, because we're really funny. And we think that we can get you on board. Don't you worry. Definitely. Um, here at Critercast, we episode we episode we do episode. <laughs> Absolutely, we're nouning it all up in here. We upload episodes biweekly on Monday mornings, just in time for your Monday morning commute. And we are, as you can tell, completely unscripted. <laughs> we do have notes. Yeah. We don't just like talk about things with we, no prep. We do not make things up. No, no, absolutely not. Usually, but we will always tell you if we did exactly. Oh, gosh. Yes. We're a mess today. This is episode 41, like we said. And today, Cassie, you did the research. Yeah. What are we talking about? Do you know? No, I actually have no idea. Really? Oh, I thought you would have guessed. Did you pick off the list? Nope. Why? I went rogue. Why didn't you pick off the list? Because we went to a reptile episode, uh, expo last mm -hmm. weekend, mm -hmm. and we were talking about all the amazing animals that we had with us, and... um directing people to resources that they could check out to learn more about those animals. And I realized that we had not created a resource for one of those animals, but we had for most of the others. So oh, no. today we're talking about blue tongue skinks. What? Oh, oh. We wait. haven't done an episode on yes. them. Yes. Obviously, we, of course, have our care sheet yes. because we have a blue tongue skink. Yeah. But you're right. No, we didn't do an episode on them. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't do one when we got speed. Exactly. Like We did a video about getting speed, yeah. which is actually on our Patreon. If you'd like access to it, we'll give you details at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Um, but no, you're right. We totally had not done it. <laughs> now, are you going to break down the different... Speech. I'm going to try. Okay. okay. It's a little messy. So it's, it is blue tongue skinks as a whole. No, specifically we're talking about Northern blue tongue skinks, but Today. we'll talk a little we'll bit about what that means. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So, you know, we're getting specific. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention it in our spiel, but when we do pick a critter, an animal to talk about for every episode, we get as specific as the facts demand. Yes. So sometimes that means we'll do a grouping of animals. And sometimes that means we have to literally pick one specific subspecies yep. because there's just so different. Yep. And you know what's really frustrating is when we talk about an animal that's much more common and is kept as household pets, there are way less um, trustworthy resources often. Really? Yeah. I found I, this I mean, multiple when you're, times. If you're talking, when you're talking about like animals kept as household pets, as in like dogs, cats, small animals, or like no, even specifically, to I've had this about reptiles. Yeah, and I think yeah. part of that problem is that because we don't have real, legitimate scientists in the field studying them, right. you know, in the wild. Not that you're not legitimate, all of you people listening. <laughs> But just, it's different when you're a hobbyist. Right. You, like, you don't have a, a background in science, and yet if somebody is in... so cause, Because keeping reptiles really and truly is a hobby. Yeah. Um, as much as it, it kind of pains me because, you know, know. my pets weird... are my babies. They're yeah. my children, including my reptiles. But it is also a hobby. Like, right. you can have five reptiles, and it will be way different than having five cats or five dogs. You know, point aside... Keeping reptiles is a hobby, and when you've been in a hobby for, like, whatever, 20-plus years, right. you feel like you have authority to say that you know things. Right. 
as an expert. Yes. Which is why we want to clarify here that we are not experts. Yes. Even if we've been loving pet owners to dogs, cats, reptiles, you know, for any right. number of years, right. we're still not experts. Well, and there are different know. types of expertise. Let's talk right. about that too. That specifically when I go looking for resources, I'm looking for scientific resources. I'm looking for really respectable, incredible um, reference sources. Right. Um, things to say, you know, you can, you can trust the background information on this. It's been kind of peer reviewed. It's been, um, looked at by other experts in the area. Right. But there is an expertise that comes in, you know, being one of the only people to successfully get, um, Peter's banded skinks to mate in captivity. Yeah. Right. That's a different type of expertise. It is only in my opinion, if you are going about it in a way that you're like taking note of everything you, you know, if you're going to be a reptile hobbyist and you're going to start keeping a species that there isn't a lot of information about. Right. You kind of have to be like a naturalist. You got to take those notes. You got to start it from the beginning. Like that's okay. We make mistakes, but as long as you're noting down things Mm -hmm. so that you can then share that information, not just be like, Oh, I've done this for 15 years and it seems fine. Right. And as long as other people can like repeat it and get repeated positive results, that's really big too. Right. So, so yeah, I think there's there's just a little bit of I it's easy to find care sheets right for the reptiles that are often had as pets. Right. Um it's easy to find care sheets from trustworthy places right. like uh reptile magazine. It's pretty reputable. Right. But sometimes they they say things that I'm like, "Oh, that's weird." Like I saw that differently somewhere else. Yeah. And sometimes it's slight differences. Yeah. And sometimes it's like literally the opposite advice. Right. I would say that as easy as it is to find reputable care sheets, yeah. it's even easier to find a bunch of garbage. Absolutely. You just walk into a pet store. Yes. A, a chain pet store, any chain pet store, yeah. name it, you know, it, whether you're in North America and you have pet goes and pet smarts or right. you're somewhere else and you have other chain pet stores walk in, they'll have a rack of care sheets for the animals they sell there. And will you it be accurate information are supposed to think. And we do think because right, and you should hope. Right. Absolutely. That they would be reliable. Yeah. And that they would have been based on really good research. Right. And unfortunately that's often not the case. Absolutely. So it's, so what I do is I look for where did these resources get their resources? Yeah. And if they can't tell you, yeah. chances are... Eyebrows not, go up. Right. It's not really a great... If they're just like, exactly. oh, I just know this. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's accepted knowledge. Everybody knows it. Yep. Stay well. away. Here today at CritterCast, we're going to give you some some really banging information about northern blue tongue skinks that is all backed by reputable That's sources right. that and you can always find we're gonna in our show notes. We're going to reference those sources like, and include them in our show notes. So our spiel about sourcing and citing hopefully is over for now. <laughs> but it's it, it ties into this bigger question of like, it's just, it can be hard to find the in-depth reference and background information about these animals because everything that you're finding is like, hobbyist information and you know lists of 10 things that I love about my pet skink and stuff like that instead of zoos that talk about like here's where here's the weird uh, taxonomical differences between a northern blue tongue skink and an eastern blue tongue skink right so that information is way harder to find well yes so that's annoying but I mean can I just say that I'm actually way more interested in the ten li- in the list of ten things ah. that they love about their blue tongue skink? Okay. Okay, fair. And I have I have those. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically, blue tongue skinks. We are going to focus most of our discussion today on northern blue tongue skinks, and there is there are enough differences between the members of the species, the blue tongue species in particular, where it makes a big difference. Right. 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 They're not all the same Mm-mm. genus species. They all they don't have, come from the same environment. They don't even come from the same continent. Right. But they look the same. Kind of similar. Different colorings. Yeah. But like same basic body type and shape. Right. If you guys have never seen a blue tongue skink. Oh, don't worry. You'll get so many pictures. (laughs) Well, hopefully you have because hopefully you follow us on social media and speed our blue tongue skink is all over social media. Yeah. Let's be real. But they are long, short lizards. Yep. They have tiny little stubs of legs. Tiny little legs. Their their faces tend to be shaped more like what you would think a snake's face is going to look Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Or that triangular shape. Yeah. People like to say that they do just look like a weird cross between a snake Mm -hmm. and a lizard. Yeah. And they're not. 
not. That's act, not what no, they no, are. No. They are totally but, lizards. But yeah. when you look at it, you can see yeah. where that comes from. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk more about that too. But okay. So there's six species, which includes two subspecies. And then some subspecies have subspecies. So. Yep. Yay. Yeah. Taxonomy. Thanks. Yep. Um, the belly of the blue tongue skink is usually quite pale. Mm-hmm. Some darker variegations or variations have like a little bit more patterning on their belly, but it's usually the palest part of their, their body. It sees the least sun. Exactly. As in it sees no sun. Hi, honey. (laughs) And then they have, um, darker patterns on their back. Mm -hmm. Hi, Poppy. I love you too. Their eyes are small and reddish gray or brown or gray. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of varies a little bit between species, but in general. But because they're lizards and they have eyelids and can blink, it's not really creepy you no. know they're no. just interesting colored yeah they're cute uh the, they ha- are known by their tongue which is a dark blue and the lining of their mouth is a bright pink so it makes a nice contrast yeah it's real cute yeah if you if you if you haven't google right now google yes just blue google tongue skin and like tongue but yeah. you already have tongue in there so i don't know if google will blue, understand what you mean blue tongue skink tongue i think google will get it. i think google's so. pretty google's smart, smart. It's, they're very cool, and they're much longer than you think they should be. They are. They're really awesome. Um, and then they have tails. Their tails are a little bit stubby. They're usually a little shorter than their body. Yeah. Um, and they're thick. 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 T-H-I-C-C. Thick. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, I don't think of it as a short tail, but in comparison to the rest of the lizard. Right. Like, most of the time, like, look at an iguana, and you yes. have, like, one-foot lizard Four foot tail. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of a contrast with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The males have a proportionally larger head than the females. Hmm. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But I think it's too subtle to be able to always tell necessarily unless you're looking at like litter mates side by side. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Just because I know that I know that like blue tongue skink breeders, they don't guarantee the no, sex of the baby until they're the, much older. You just can't. Honestly, yeah, sometimes to... you can never confirm and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I, there's not. Your skinks don't care. That much of a difference. Just don't house them together, which you wouldn't do anyway. Yeah. Because they fine. can be aggressive little, yeah. little things. Especially during breeding. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So like I said, we'll be talking mostly about the northern blue tongues. So these are Taliqua Skinquities. Intermediate. Yes. Yes. Skinquities. Skinquities. Yeah. I watched a lot of videos when I was was preparing to get my blue tongue skink, okay? You did your research. I did do my research. Yeah. That was not an (laughs) impulse purchase in any way. It was not a purchase. Exactly. (laughs) We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. We've talked about speed before, but... Yeah. Yeah, Any yeah. excuse. We'll give you a little. Yeah, a little refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so these be- this particular subspecies is a subspecies of the Australian blue tongue skink. Yes, because there are two. That's right. That live in Australia. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Just two. Just two. Everybody else, totally different continent. Yep. Uh, so confusing. Is it? Yes. <laughs> so the northern blue tongue skink is native to the northern, oh, as indicated by the name. Thank you, scientists. Parts of Australia. It has thick silvery scales and they have those that dark banding pattern. Right. Um, that makes it look really glossy. Yes. Yeah. They're really, really cute. Yeah. Um, they're larger, right? They can get up to... Two feet? I, yeah, I think about two feet. Yep. They're not huge, but they're... There are bigger skinks out there. Yeah. But it's still a big lizard. Yeah. It's especially a nice because, intermediary between the small lizards and the big lizards. Right. And especially because unlike a lot of other larger lizards that like, I mean, not the giant lizards, but right, like, right, right. larger lizards that are kind of slim and like leggy, mm-hmm. they're literally just like these little chunks. Yeah. They're just little chunks. I like to tell people that they're the dachshund of lizards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean... If people know what that means. And if they don't, you're just like, you know, the hot dog, the wiener dog. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, okay. I gotcha. Um, but yeah, you know, we we love our our skinkies and they're little chonky dudes. We Yes, that is exactly accurate. Little chonky little babies. Their um, native environments are in forests, scrublands, sometimes in deserts, but mostly they're in burrows or other really well-hidden spots. 
skinks are omnivorous. Yes. And typically in the wild, they're going to eat a lot of flowers, bugs, snails, and other fleshy leaves. What do they eat when they're kept as pets? In captivity, we feed our omnivorous little garbage cans uh-huh. of critters um, wet canned dog food. Yeah. Because it, and people kind of look at me like I'm crazy when I right? tell them that because they ask me at expos oh, yeah. all the time, like, what does he eat? And I'm like, literally dog food. Yep. Now, this is a, I will say, and I'm sure you have it in your notes, this is a point, oh, you don't. Well, look at that. It, it, I knew you would know all this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, it, there's a, it's a point of discussion yeah. in the reptile community because there are a lot of people who opt to essentially create like homemade omnivorous diets for mm, their blue mm-hmm. tongue The same way there's a lot of people that are moving towards that for their dogs and cats. Right. Fair. Okay, but if you don't get all your levels exactly right, or if you're putting vegetables that have too much of one, right. you know, element in them, you could really mess up your skink's diet and dog yeah. food. Like somebody's gone and done that work for you. Exactly. It may seem less natural, but also we're taking wild animals and keeping them in cages in captivity. Nothing about it is natural. Right. So as long as you are able to provide them, like we talked about the five freedoms a couple episodes ago. Right, yeah. With all of the things they need to be healthy, free of pain, free of distress, and they're able to exhibit all their normal behaviors, you're meeting their needs. Yep. That's absolutely right. And canned dog food is an easy way for you to not Mm -hmm. worry about whether they're getting everything they need. You do have to make sure it's grain-free. Yes. Right. Because dog foods that are not grain-free, while it's not terrible for your dog, for blue tongue skinks, there's just a lot of extra starches in there and there's a lot of extra things that are not necessarily as good for their digestive system. Yeah, not regularly in their diet. But like, if these were to live in the wild and you you wouldn't be able to get yourself a wild-caught skink northern blue tongue skink. Not a northern blue because Australia is very good about enforcing their import and export laws um, and keeping them even in Australia, you get in a lot of trouble. Good job, Australia. Yeah. But, you know, if they were to be living in the wild, they are literal trash cans. Like, they can handle it, okay? Yeah. They don't need fresh chopped food all blended together for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're good. They're solid. They're sturdy. You can, of course, make sure that you're getting them a good quality dog food. Yeah. And that's... You can always be looking up reviews, look for recalls. Absolutely. The same way you would hopefully for your your own dog. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. Thank you. I see it. That's why I didn't need to do that part of the research. Because I "Mm, did that all already. I'll do the (laughs) other stuff. (laughs) Perfect. So they use their tongue to smell for prey, for predators and for mates. And they also use it to ward off predators. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. When I was doing my research, I wasn't like... I'm excited that you were confirming that for me because I wasn't confident in the sources that I was like, do we know this like for sure? Or do we just guess this? No, we know it for sure. Okay. And it's one of the the interesting facts about skinks is that they're one of the only animals that uses their tongue to ward off predators. Right. Also, how does that work? Why are predators afraid of that tongue? It's the color. The color signals to them that they're venomous. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You know, it's just like that same sort of defense mechanism of having like a brightly colored plant or something like that that tells people, well, not people. Yeah. But people are stupid. Yeah. They're like, ooh, pretty. I'm going to eat it. Like, exactly. Ow. <laughs> I don't think they say that when they've been poisoned. <laughs> I would. probably be more like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably, ow. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's just like a warning that, Hey, with bright colors comes bright toxins that can seriously mess with you. So avoid predators. So when a predator is coming at them, that's one of their defense mechanisms, which they need defense mechanisms because otherwise they don't really have much. They do not like they, they can be fairly speedy, but in compared to like larger predators that are going after them, they're not fast. Nah. Nah, and they do have teeth, but they're little, like little triangle. Ti- you know, they're just little. Like, they're for teeth, grinding you know? and for for pulling. Yeah. They're on not a, for on attacking. A human, it's it's surprisingly painful. I would say I've I like yeah. You know, I was like, okay, if I was going to take animals to be part of an educational presentation, and it was going to bite, like right. how much would it hurt? Yeah, and like they've got more jaw strength than your average leopard gecko. They're a little bigger than yeah. your average leopard but, gecko. Like, Mm, it's not going to ward off no. a predator that's determined to eat it. Nope. Definitely nope. not. Nope. So by flashing that tongue out and yeah. saying, oh, I'm poisonous. They're, I like to think it's kind of like opossums, you know? 
Like they have, they have tiny sharp teeth too, but like their go-to defense mechanism is, is a visual cue of like, leave me alone Yes. instead of like, they can fight back, but can they really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Their other defense mechanism is that they can drop their tail. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which, a lot of places are, are right? say like, you know, theoretically we, we sure they can. Yeah. We don't see it happen often. It does not happen very often at yeah. all. No, it's not one of their go-tos. It's really just that sort of thing where if a predator already has them by the tail. Right. Okay. Then, okay. Last Might resort, as well. Like, just get out of here. Yeah. But they don't do it in... Think the defensive ways, I think that right. like proactively defensive. Right, they're not like shoot my tail off my body. Run exactly. It's not like a distraction. Technique. And my tail is still wiggling, so you'll go after it and not yeah. after me. Not so much. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, and another thing that kind of helps them have a little bit of protection against predators is the shape of their head. Yeah. So since it is shaped a little bit more like a snake, looks a little bit more snake-like. Yeah. And they are burrowing animals. So if all a predator sees is the shape of their face, they might think, oh, don't want to mess with that thing. I don't like snakes. Bye. Out of here. He's like, (laughs) all I had to do is keep my eyes wide open. You thought I was a snake. You thought I'm just not blinking my eyes. Yeah. You, yeah. It's okay. (laughs) If a human saw it. A blue tongue skink flicking their tongue. You hopefully would be able to tell that it's not a snake because its tongue is very different from a yeah. snake tongue. But oh, maybe yeah. you wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, it, it people have different amounts of experience with yeah. snakes, so maybe people don't know. Yeah, they might get confused and think it's a giraffe. Um, because giraffes have black tongues, and that's pretty similar to blue. They're purpley. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah, it could happen. so when it's time to mate we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail when we get to their life cycle stuff but they um they can get pretty aggressive yeah the males with each other but also the males with the females a little bit so oh yeah maybe work on those toxic relationships boys they don't care yeah they just want the more babies and they're going to have a lot of them because those females, they are oviviparous. Oviviparous. Which, which means? They are live bearing. That's right. Mm-hmm. They can give birth to as many as 20 live young. That's so insane. Isn't that insane? It's so insane. So and cute. Like, baby Northern Blue Tongue Skinks. If you guys watched our um, our reptile yeah. show vlog from the San Jose Reptile Show, you will have seen a baby Northern Blue Tongue Skink. Yep. A rare find indeed. Indeed. Um, at the show. And you'll see like they're small in comparison to the adults. They're small. Right. But like 20 times that? Holy guacamole, yeah. moms. How are you doing that? Yeah. Don't do that. Come on, ladies. Oof. I do think that that is one of those numbers that's like in the high range. Yeah. We don't it see it often. Possible. But like, it but was I think po- the normal is like 10 to 12. Oh, yeah. It's a large, I mean, it's, it's a big litter. I mean, dogs fascinate me too, but usually the size difference isn't yes. as much as yeah. it is with, with blue tongues. Totally. For sure. Oh, they are a species of least concern. Oh, Yay. that's good. Because Australia. Because Australia is doing really good at protecting some of their native species. Yep. So cheers to Australia. Uh, however, they are still threatened by invasive species. Ooh. Yeah. Particularly something we've talked about before, the cane toad. The toads. Yep. Those toads, man. And also feral cats and dogs are a, a yeah. pretty big threat to their native environment. Yep. And as much as we love kitties here at CritterCast, feral cats are a real problem yep. for humans and other cats and all kinds of species. Yeah. Especially in kind of closed environments like, you know, Hawaii or other sorts of um, island states or island nations. I mean, Australia is pretty big. Yeah, but it's an island. It's like, you know, it's a giant. Giant, giant island. island. Which is why it's a continent. continent. But, you know. Yeah, but it's still, it's a big problem. Right. So, you know, something to keep an eye out for. That's why it's so important for Australia to have not only export laws, you know, protecting their native species, yes. but import laws. Yeah. And Hawaii has um, pretty harsh laws on that kind of stuff too. They have which to. Absolutely. You have to yeah. protect yep. your species. Yep. For sure. Rats are another big problem for native species Ugh. too. Well, yeah. Um, in environments like that yeah. particularly, but not so much for blue tongue skinks because they would they're just too big. Them. 
Yeah. They would say, mmm, Yummy. Come here. Yeah. Yep. So, like I said, there's two species, well, subspecies, of skinks that live in Australia. So, the all together, they live in Australia, New Guinea, and Tasmania, which are like... Not technically part of the continent, but nice and close. The Northerns only live in that northern part of Australia, though. Cool. Yeah. Super cool. Before we get into the, the like, down and dirty, yeah. really interesting stuff, the nitty-gritty of the blue chunk skink, yeah. it's probably a good time to pause, do our promo feature for Woo-hoo. this week, for this episode. This episode, we are proud to be featuring the promo of another female-led lady pod squad podcast that's right we are always happy to feature on this show faux show it is the undercover coven yeah podcast which when i was first searching to start listening to a couple of their episodes uh-huh. i was searching for under coven because i was like oh what a plan but under coven was, coven undercoven, well, i don't know coven. i got all confused yeah. it is the undercover coven yes podcast yes and here's their promo do you like creepy stories true crime cults dogs wait that has nothing to do with it well, then you should listen to Undercover Coven. I'm Paula. I'm Ali. And Undercover Coven is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Come, Come join, join us. us. Bye. Oh my, I will say that that last thing when they said come join us at the same time, Ooh. it did give me a little chills. A little creepy. It huh? was like the little creepy twin girl. Yeah. Was it The Shining? I've never yeah, seen Yeah, it the was movie. The Shining. But yeah, you know, yep. it's, it's like that. Ooh, for sure. I bet they did that on purpose. Well, yeah, they they do a good job of creating an atmosphere and a mood. <laughs> um, what's fun, a fun fact about the Undercover Coven podcast is that they actually have the exact same number of episodes as we do. Oh, um, and, that's hilarious. Right? That's and awesome. They, they started just a few months after us in last October. So if you guys are into female-driven podcasts, and this one is yeah. all about all kinds of creepy, crawly stuff. Which, who don't we... Who doesn't love that? Who don't love it? Who don't we love it? Why don't we do love it? Why can nobody talk today? Oh, God, that was bad, too. Uh, Yeah, we think you'll love it. We've listened to a number of their episodes and had a really good time. We promise we will never feature promos on the show for podcasts that we don't ourselves enjoy. So there you go. Yeah. We also love to interact with them on social media. They're super active. So follow them everywhere. I think it's at Undercover Coven on Twitter. Easy to find. Yeah. They probably went really simple and didn't change it all over the place for people. But if they did that, then they wouldn't be able to say at cast critter. That's right. So, you know, we're a cast of critters. It (laughs) makes sense. Also critter cast was already taken. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, But yes, we, we hope you enjoy them and look forward to our next promo shout out in our next episode. Now we are moving back into the world of blue tongue skates for some real interesting facts. That's right. So let's talk about their behavior and just what is the life of a skink actually like? Like, are we talking about like what is their life in the wild or what is their life in captivity? Both. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about both. Yeah. So, what do you think a normal day for a skink is going to involve? And if we're doing the five freedoms, right? right. You've got to have some of this in captivity as, as well. well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, get up. Yep. Be active during the day. Yep. They are diurnal. That's right. Because, you know, that's just they're just like that look for foods eats the foods not necessarily every day but you know as they can yeah root around in the grass Mm -hmm. moving around burrowing sniffing things yep warding off predators yep basking a little bit yep a little bit of basking Mm -hmm. to get those warm uvb rays from the sun that's right that's right. I uh, feel like that's kind of their life. Yeah. Do you think that they hang out much with other skinks? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. They not. are solitary animals. Why would you why would you want to spend your day surrounded by like annoying Jeff to your right <laughs> and and Barbara to the left and they're just going crazy at you, yammering on all day when you're just trying to soak in the sun? Like no. dumb. No. Yeah, when you go to the beach and you're basking in the sun with your you know, hundred plus um, UVB protection. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, 
you just want a good book and nobody around to bug you. Right. Some bugs to eat. You just want to do your own thing. Exactly. You don't want to be bothered by all your nosy neighbors that might be trying to sneak in on your territory. That's right. (laughs) Oh, you better back off or I'm going to bite you. Exactly. Yeah. How could you possibly relax when you are born territorial? You. Wow. Oh my gosh. I just solved the male problem. (laughs) (laughs) I need a shirt that says I was born territorial. Oh my God. Baby, I was born this way. Oh. Oh yeah. That's basically it. So that's most of how they spend their life. And that's part of why they're so, um, beloved by the reptile community because they're just really honestly pretty chill. They're just trying to do their own thing. Yeah. Like live their life in peace eat the things, yep. like, but they're not like decimating one particular species because nope. they are so flexible in what they eat. So we don't have to be worried. Like, you know, we don't have to be annoyed at them for being yeah. like detrimental to their environment. Right. People spot them all the time in Australia, just yeah. in like backyards and stuff. And they're like, Oh, found one. Hi friend. Yep. And that's, I think that's part of why um, people started first keeping them is that they're actually really social Yeah. for Right. For reptile amounts of sociability. Right, right. Like, these are not dogs and cats that are going to come running up to you, giving you kisses, doing all the stuff. These are lizards still. But they will, when you keep them in captivity, like, come out during the day because they're diurnal and watch you from their tank. Yep. What are you doing? Yeah. Hi. You doing something interesting? Do you have food? Yeah. You going to feed me? Maybe you Feels should. Feels like it's time to feed me. Get me out and pet me. Yeah. Or just can I like walk around your room for yeah, a little bit? Yeah, just let me walk around I and I just want to walk things. around. Can I get in your blankets? I like your blankets. Cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's literally it. Like yep. you see blue tongue skinks, not just Northerns, but other blue tongue skinks as well at shows as part of, edu- as like educational animals frequently. For sure. It's not just speed. There are many of them. Yeah. Because and they have such chill personalities. They could just sit there like ball pythons, which yes. is also why they're so popular. Yeah, totally. You just like hang out with them. Also, I will say the first time I held a blue tongue skink was at GX3 Reptiles. Yeah. Like, less than a year ago. Right. Those and little babies. Like, I, they were so I can't cute. believe I did didn't leave with one. I'm proud I didn't leave with one. I know. Because I'm glad I ended up with speed. They were fabulous, though. They're just so cute. How can you not? Like, if you think reptiles are cute, you absolutely will think that blue tongue skinks are cute. And they have kind of derpy personalities. Like, they don't have a a lot going on. They need to be able to explore and smell things. But they don't have, like, a ton going on, like a monitor or a tag you. Right. Which makes them, to me, a little more endearing. I always love an animal that's just, like, a little empty in the head, you know? Oh, I know. I know. I have a chihuahua that I think literally is only mentally there maybe, like, an hour a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. So some other cool behavior things about them is that they, um, they can live up to 20 years. In, mm-hmm. um, in, cap- in captivity. Yeah. Um, it takes them a little while to mature to, right. to reproduction age. Right. Even though they are born independent. Right. And able to care for themselves. It takes them about three years to mature enough to reproduce. Right. And honestly, if they need an extra year or two, give yeah. it to them. Yeah, absolutely. Because the risks of breeding any live-bearing reptile, especially ones that have such aggressive breeding behaviors, yeah. um, are really high. So if you do decide to get into breeding of blue tongue skinks and you're going to do so responsibly and ethically, yeah. give your skinks as much time as they need to get to breeding age. All right. Let's talk about that. And yeah. why is it so... Um, intense for them to breed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. okay. When they, when they meet up to breed, they'll meet up to breed between September and November. Mm-hmm. And when a male finds a suitable female, he'll start by scent marking her and then he'll stalk her. Yep. Yay. Fun. Yeah. He'll follow her around. Um, he will fight off any other males for a chance to breed with her. Um, they get very aggressive during this time and during yep. copulation, they will bite the females and they can cause harm to them. Yeah. So it's, it's not unusual. Usually they won't cause severe harm. Right. But it's not unusual to find a little bit of bleeding, to find a little bit of a laceration. Right. Um, some, some damage to the scales. Right. So like not cool. No, guys. but also unfortunately not unheard of in the animal kingdom no. as a whole. A lot of males are like that. A lot of mammals, not just males. <laughs> of course, males. A lot of mammals are like that as well during breeding season. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Cats, it's all man. and it's all a matter of 
a got to get the job done right. because we have to proliferate the species. Yep. And B, if I am the most dominant, I am the strongest, my gene pool will survive and all the other males will stay away. Yes. And the females, if they are not into it. Yeah. The fights can get nasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you catch them at the wrong time. Yep. And they're like, you're two weeks early. Get out of here. Yeah. It can go nasty. Yeah. So that's why it's just really important if you are if you are a hobbyist and you're breeding them to be real careful yeah. and don't do it if you're an amateur. And I would say anytime that you're looking into getting into breeding of reptiles, yeah. I'm like... Talk to other breeders of yes. the species that you're looking to because they will be quite honest with you. And yeah. it's not just because they don't want competition or right. anything like that. A lot of people are happy to see more availability oh, of, yeah. these, of these great reptile pets, but they will be very candid with you on what their struggles are and what right. you should be aware of before you embark on such a task. Yeah. I'm, maybe you have a beautiful blue tongue skink and you think that it will have amazing babies. And yeah, probably it would, but it's do a lot you of want work to risk damage harm stress to yeah. your animal no maybe not yeah yeah just stuff to think about yep mm-hmm. all right so when those babies are born it actually it takes about three to five months for them to um develop in yes. the womb well they don't have just a womb either so they're each an individual little egg sacs mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. and then um the egg sacs dissolve before they're born. So that's right. why they're oviviparous, which means that they are in an egg, but then they're not in an egg. Right. When they're Instead actually Instead of born. just being ovi- or viviparous. Viviparous right. or oviparous. Right. Yeah. They're oviviviparous. Yeah, that's right. Live they got it all. Bearing, but eggs still. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even viviparous animals have like eggs, but yes. not egg eggs. Egg, 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 eggs. You know? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I know. It's, it's an odd... Now I want eggs. Mm, breakfast. <laughs> but not skink eggs, though. No, thank you. No. It sounds gross. gross. Yeah. Pass. Um, they do like to eat eggs, though. Yes, yeah. they do. Any kind. Yeah. Like raw, fried, scrambled, mm-hmm. hard-boiled, soft-boiled. Yep. They'll so take them. share your eggs Benedict. with your skink. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's basically all I have about the babies. I already told you it takes about three to five years to mature. Right. Um, And then some other cool stuff about their just like random facts, honestly. Yeah. We're we're to that portion. Is that okay? Can I give you some random facts? Please. Okay. So the thing that makes skinks definitely skinks and not lizards is not just the fact that they have legs. Mm-hmm. Because you mean, just to clarify, wait, definitely lizards, fudge. not snakes. That's what I meant yes. for short. Look, yeah. I had a cold this week and I'm still getting over it. So I'm going to blame everything on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the fact that they have external ears and eyelids. Yep. And so that's what makes them lizards. Yeah. Legs are important. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about with snakes before mm-hmm. that they do have vestigial Yep. Quote unquote legs. Right. Uh, and of course, skinks kind of have, I mean, their legs do are used for burrowing and for digging around. Yeah. And they're small for the same reasons dachshunds' legs need to be small so that they can easily get out of the burrows they have dug themselves exactly. into. Exactly. Without breaking a leg. Exactly. But they are like fairly useless, let's be real. Yeah. Like yeah. for the walking, they're, they slither a little bit. Yeah. Because they kind of like, Pull, grab, grab like things with their legs, and then just kind of hoist their body. Yeah, by with like a in it. slithery a motion. Bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have to go waddle, 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 waddle. Yeah, a little bit. It's real you know. cute. It's adorable. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're so cute, and like they blink with their eyelids. You could tell when they're sleeping and when they're awake. Yes, I really which appreciate is nice. that. Yep. And they have those holes on the outside of their head mm-hmm. that that mark external ears. Yep. Snakes have ears. But you cannot see them. No. And they are also crazy. not super useful. Yeah. No. You know, like a hagfish's eyes just kind of sunken in there. Um, wow. I don't know why you'd go back <laughs> we there. We had to go back. Uh, I don't People know really why. People really liked our hagfish episode. Ugh. Ugh. All right. <laughs> I wouldn't have listened okay, if fine. you hadn't Okay, fine. Give me another me. blue tongue skink okay. fact. They are threatened by invasive cane toads, right. as we talked about. Right. Because cane toads are toxic to skinks. 
So that's one thing they can't eat. Definitely not going <laughs> to eat a cane They toad. don't have any antitoxins in them that, that no. uh, allow them to eat poisonous things. No. Like some of the other animals we talked about. Yeah. Right. But no. Oh, Mm-mm. sad for them. I know. Sorry. Um, they commonly eat snails. Yep. And we've talked about snails a lot before. So I thought that might be something of interest to our uh, <laughs> Our to our listeners that, mm-hmm. you know, snails and their tweezer teeth, yep. as said in our theme song, yep. are commonly eaten by blue tongue skinks. That's, look, it's a circle of life. All right. No. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. They are not quick enough to outrun most predators. Yeah. That so, doesn't surprise me at all. So we talked about using their tongues. So what they'll do when they're being chased by a predator is they'll stick their tongue out and expand it. Yep. Puff it out <laughs> so that it looks so the stick it. Gross. Put your tongue back in your mouth. I was demonstrating. No, you do oh, not right. have a cool blue tongue. Audio medium. Sorry. Yes. They'll, they'll stick it out and they'll, they'll make it as big as they possibly can. Um, and that can fool predators into backing off which honestly if i was trying to attack somebody which i don't know why i would that'd be awful of me maybe examine your life choices cassie and they just stuck their tongue out as big as they could and went i'd probably be like okay i'm out of here it's like the the snl sketch um where cecily strong is like when when a guy's like following me on the street i just stick my arm like this and go ah and then he'll think she's not worth the trouble. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what they do. So basically skinks are Cecily Strong. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know that she would. Do love we that. know that Cecily Strong isn't a skink? No, I guess we don't. She could be a lizard person. She definitely could. I guess I never really realized that lizard people were skink people. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense. They totally have to be. They absolutely not just regular are. lizards. They're yeah. skinks. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. No. We've we've gone Oof. into untouched territory. Oof. Let's back out. All right. Well, that's all the fun facts that I have. Fun facts. So why don't we talk a little bit about what our experiences with skinks have been? Hmm. Oh my gosh. Specifically, blue tongue skinks, uh-huh. right? We'll just very briefly tell you the story of Speed, our blue tongue skink, and um, Speed how we got Racer. Him. Yes, of course. So I honestly couldn't tell you when, but probably like about a year ago, I yeah. we had all of our other reptiles. We had leopard geckos, we had our crested gecko, we had our our Kenyan sand boa and our corn snake. And I was like, okay, I want another reptile. I want another reptile. I want a ball python. I want a blue tongue skink. Yes. And I didn't know which one I wanted next. Yeah. And I knew they both needed like ideally a four foot long tank. Right. And I was like, I definitely only have room for one of those. Oh yeah. If anything. Um, and we kind of went back and forth and I was like, well, with a ball Python, I'm not sure if I want to buy one. I'm not sure if I want to save up and buy a blue eyed leucistic because they're stunning they're or if gorgeous. I want to rescue one because they're so readily available right. to rescue. I wasn't sure. And then I was just kind of surfing Craigslist, surfing Morph Market, doing all the things. And while normally I tell people like, don't look on Craigslist for animals, right. like, don't do it. I still surf it for well, you were good deals on for, supply yeah. and just like leads out there, you yeah. know? Yeah. And this, this woman had posted that she had a Northern blue tongue skink, an adult Northern blue tongue skink oh my gosh. that they were looking to find a good home for because they yeah. got it when her son was young. And as her son got older and got into high school and got into extracurriculars, right. he just didn't have as much time. He lost some interest in it. And even though they were taking really good care of him, he wasn't getting to come out of his tank and yeah. get handled as much as she would have liked to see because she knew he enjoyed that and she just didn't feel like he was getting it. Um, so and that's I, honestly, that's a great sign of good stewardship of an animal right? is that you are attentive like to their needs. If you are aware that you're not really meeting their needs, yeah. then like, and you, you address it in the manner that is appropriate for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not here to judge people that Mm-mm. are trying to do right by their animals. Nope. So and if your life situation has changed and you are not going to be able to take care of that animal the way that you want it to be taken care of. Right. We're not saying, you know, threaten to dump it or, you know, just give it to the next person that's available. No, no, no. But, you know, 
responsible rehoming of an animal is not a thing that I think we should be demonizing people for ever. I completely agree. So that's a thing. Yeah. But um, I sent an email and I was like, it was kind of a shot in the dark. I'm like, a bunch of people are going to want this animal. Oh yeah. It's a blue tongue skink. And it's a northern blue tongue skink and it's an adult. And those are hard to find. Why are those hard to find? Because again, very intense import and export laws out of Australia. Right. And then when they're bred, people snatch them up because they want them. Yes, because they have excellent personalities. They're really easy to care for. Mm -hmm. They're great. Yeah. So, and not to say that the other skink, the other blue tongue skinks aren't great too. Right. But personality wise. Like Northerns tend to be more mellow and easier to tame down. And they're all a little fierce, a little, you know, a little sassy as babies, which is always entertaining. But yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. northerns tend to grow up and tame up really well. Yeah. Tame down, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, but yeah, so I, I sent a response to her and I said, hi, this is me. This is who I am. I work for an animal rescue. I do educational presentations. Yeah. I would love to be able to talk more about your skink. And like three emails back and forth later, all right. of a sudden I was making arrangements to drive an hour away to go pick up this skink. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had to like pause and be like, is, do, do I want to do this? Like I didn't yeah. expect her to just be super excited about our home. It felt very nice to be chosen. Yeah. yeah. She said she had several responses to her post, I'm which sure is she fair. Did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was all very quick. We waited until our, at the time we still had Moana. No, we still had Mellow. Yeah. No, we had Moana. Mellow was during Christmas time. Moana was during like Valentine's day. That's right. We had Moana, our bearded dragon foster. Yeah. And we knew that she was going to be ready to go to a home soon. Cause yeah. we had her for the 30 day stray hold. Yeah. Um, and then we, uh, we were like, okay, when she goes, we'll go pick up our blue tongue skink. We'll yeah. clean up after her. And it ended up that we had her for like an, a weekend overlapping, but we had an adopter lined up for her. Yeah. We knew we were good. And we, Cassie and I drove to Napa, the Napa area, yeah. which is about an hour and a half away from us. Mm-hmm. We made it a road trip. There is a Patreon video all about it. That's um, right. We, I had his tank all set up, all ready to go. I had done all my research. Because, of course you did. Well, because I was sitting there wondering like, which do I want? And yeah. So I got a tank really cheap off Craigslist. I made some modifications to it so that he could have his UVB and his heat bulb. Mm -hmm. And then we went and we picked him up in this cute little polka dot carrier that I got from home goods. And then that was it. That was my baby. And she gave us all her supplies that she had for him. Yeah. She had him out in a towel when we got to her house. Yeah. It was obvious. He was very loved. She had trimmed his nails for us, which I have not done since because I'm lazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Get out of here. Don't trim any of your pet's nails. No, I don't. (laughs) And uh, And then we drove him home and we tried our best to leave him alone for a week. It was hard. He was so cute. Yeah. And he didn't eat great for us right off yeah. the bat. He, he had did. a little bit of an adjustment period, which yeah. is totally normal. And it was also winter. And these guys brumate right. during That's the winter. That's right. They do. Um, yeah. In the wild and in captivity, they will yep. go like full on brumation where they will just burrow down, lower their body temperature and not eat for several <laughs> weeks until the temperatures warm up. And yeah. then they will start eating again. And so he was, you know, she had said he'd never gone through that, but that she was having a hard time with him eating like, in just right. the, like eating smaller amounts. So he didn't eat for the first couple of weeks more than like a bite or two, but right. I wasn't concerned about him and he's been very healthy. Oh and he's yeah. Just a happy guy. He's been such a joy to have at all the expos that we've gone to so far at all the classroom presentations that we've gone to. People are always like, Whoa, that's a big lizard. And yeah. then he just sits there and literally does nothing. Yep. And they are in love with him. He's, he's fantastic. He's got a clear personality too, which yeah. is really, I just love that about reptiles that it's something that a lot of people I think don't realize that they have individual personalities. Yeah. Yeah. And so speed it's is subtle, you know, yeah. it's not like your dog that's like all on top of you. Right. But like they absolutely do. He's a grumpy boy. He, <laughs> he likes to like, when you first go to take him out of the tank, he'll kind of give you a little hiss. Uh-huh. And then if you don't pick him up the right way, yep. like if you just kind of try to grab him with one hand, he'll thrash around at you. But if you pick him up and you like slide him onto your forearm, <coughs> So that he feels nice and protected, uh-huh. he'll settle down for you. And then as soon as you have him out, he's like, "Oh, I did remember. I really like this." Yeah, I do. I do like this. Also, please pet me. He yeah. really he has a couple of places that he really likes to be pet in particular. Yeah. Um, 
and he has a licky spot where if you pet him underneath his chin, he'll start like flicking his tongue out a lot. It's really cute. And he really likes to be pet on top of his head between his eyes. And if he's really into that, you can tell because his um, eyelids will kind of come down to half mast. Yeah. It's just adorable. He's my sweetheart and I love him and I love all my reptiles, but I really love him. Yeah. Like a lot. He's And fantastic. I lucked out. I like tell people all the time. I just, it was right timing. Oh yeah. Like right situation. I got handed this amazing lizard for free. That somebody else had already helped to socialize wonderfully well. Yeah. And he Thank was, you. and I, I have to. I'll I'll put it in the description of the episode. I have to go back to our email thread and remember which breeder he was from. But he was from a very reputable breeder when he was a baby. Right. He had never had health issues. Like, Captive bred, of course, because he's a northern blue tongue. Right. I just like super lucked out. And this is me telling you guys, if you want a northern blue tongue skink, it's worth it. Even if you're not absurdly lucky like I am. Right. And you get an awesome one rehomed to you for free. Save up your money. They are totally yeah. worth it. Do all your research. We've got our care sheet on our yep. website. And at the bottom of all of our care sheets are additional sources that yes. you can go to for even more information on Blue Tongue Skink specifically. And it's on that care sheet. But Reptile Mountain TV is a really awesome guy. He makes YouTube videos and he uh-huh. also has a blog. He has been keeping and breeding Blue Tongue Skinks, specifically Northerns, a couple. He he dabbles in others as well Yeah, um, for many, many years. And nice. he tries to keep up on ongoing scientific research as well so like as trends change i like that he has a lot of videos that compare and contrast like a lot of people are like no to tubs or no to three foot exoterras and he's like here's what we're talking about like here's the bigger issue yeah and here's why you can make whatever decision you want as long as you're doing this and this and this yeah as opposed to being like it's no, not that yes or no, right? It's not like black, black or white. white. Yeah. So I really that's why I like and recommend his videos on blue tongue. We'll put a link in our show notes, um, which is awesome. But yeah. that's kind of a little bit about us. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode because we've got a tight timeline and a tight schedule today. Yeah. But we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Our northern blue tongue skink. Of course, you enjoyed party it. time. Look for um, more information about blue tongue skinks and their care on our website, which is crittercastpodcast.com. Look for pictures about of skinks, particularly our skink on Instagram at Crittercast Podcast, Twitter at Cast Critter or Facebook at Crittercast. That's right. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yay. We're so happy to have you. Stay tuned for our next episode in two weeks. We'll talk a little bit more about the Sacramento Reptile Show coming up. <gasps> yeah, we, we have to have... kind of finalize some yeah, details, excitement but it's happening. It's coming, coming September soon. 28th and 29th. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Keep an eye out. We'll give you more details next time. That's right. And until then, continue to be the type of people who always... You didn't have anything. I didn't prepped. have anything. Didn't have anything Do you prepared. have anything? Who uh, always let the person with their blinker on into the lane in front of them. Yeah. Oh, wow. You are amazing people. Be a kind driver. What, what kind and generous and thoughtful people you are. Thank you. <laughs> See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. 